Hey folks, and welcome to the Deconstructor Fun Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to hire the perfect art director. Now, art director can make your game stand out. They'll build a strong art team and inspire both the developers and the executives with their creative vision. A perfect art director is just as important as your technical director, and one can even argue that sometimes art directors should be the first hire on the team. In this podcast, I'm joined by Shiraz Delong, who is the art director at Moon Active, previously worked at King as well as at Rovio, and Jack Gilson, an art director at Scopely, who previously worked at Wooga and Rovio. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about what's an art director, when to hire an art director, what kind of an art director will fit your particular game project, as well as the common pitfalls of an art director. Now, I love this topic. I've find hiring art director is one of the most difficult challenges for a game lead or a project lead or a studio lead. And it's also one of the most crucial roles because the um, the implication of finding the right art director versus finding the not so right art director uh, can be crucial. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you learn a lot about working with an art director, finding an art director, hiring an art director, and Without further ado, shout out to our amazing sponsors, Facebook, AppsFlyer, and IronSource. Enjoy, guys. This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming is building the world's gaming community by helping game makers, developers, and publishers to build, grow, and monetize their games. They do, do this by providing research-based insights, in-depth case studies, as well as wide variety of educational materials. A recent example of this is Games Marketing Insights for 2021, a report that has just been released and is available to download for free right now. Of course, Facebook Gaming also helps developers and publishers of all sizes to deploy powerful UA and monetization strategies through a range of innovative solutions designed for games marketers in every corner of the industry. Go to fb.gg forward slash DOF for in-depth educational materials, including playbooks, webinars, blogs, and reports, as well as great video content. It's easy to make good choices when you have good insights, right? Well, AppSlyer's open platform provides the measurement, analytics, engagement, and fraud protection technologies you need to get the answers to all of your questions and make good choices for your business and customers. Is customer privacy important for you? Good. With AppSlyer, you can accurately measure your marketing while protecting customer privacy. Bringing in new customers is great. Getting accurate insights while protecting your customers' privacy is even better. AppSlyer's privacy-preserving measurement and cost aggregation technologies give you insights you can count on across channels, platforms, and devices. And here's something we all agree on. When it comes to the marketing, you should only pay for what works. AppSlice incremental lift testing makes it easy to make good choices for your marketing budget through accurate, unbiased insights into the true value of your marketing outcomes. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to AppSlyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. I think what's what's become clearer, certainly in the last few years as competition in the game industry has really stepped up, is that there's a fundamental difference between a great game and a great game business. You know, you could be super lucky, you your game is an instant hit, it's resonating with users, but for when that's not the case, uh, or even when you just want to take your game growth to the next level, that's where we come in. 
So we've developed a really incredible platform that's designed to make you as powerful and as capable as possible in growing your game, whether that's growing your game revenue or growing your user base. That was Melissa Zella, VP of Marketing at IronSource. Hey, welcome, 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 everybody. And we have two fantastic art directors. We got Shiraz Talang, art director at Moon Active, previously at King and Rovio. And then we got Jack Gilson, art director at Scopely, previously at Wuga and Rovio. How's it going, guys? Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, so dude, really good, really good. <laughs> so, so you guys, Jack is joining out of London, or the outskirts of London and Shiraz is, is in is in India at the moment. And because my knowledge of India is very limited, I don't know. It's not Mumbai, it's not Delhi, but it's somewhere in between. The Italy of India. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, just on the Tropic of Cancer. Yeah, well, well Shiraz explained it that it's the, uh, he, he lives in the Italy of, of India. <laughs> yeah, well, the size of the state is equivalent to Italy and also the population. So. How about the, uh, how about the, uh, the outfits and the style? <laughs> so, Pretty different. Okay, well, <laughs> the food as yeah, well. well. We're getting there. We're getting there for sure. <laughs> but we're not. Yeah. We're not. We're not to talk about the the ge- geographical locations, even though that would be a, a really fun topic. Um, we're we're about to talk some something something that I find extremely interesting because I've gone through this so many times, and that is hiring a perfect art director. And Sadly, art director is the role uh, is the person that I had to let go the most, and it's the person that I had to hire the most. So I'm really trying to figure out, and I sh- I'm sure a lot of people are trying to figure out how to how to hire art director, when to hire an art director, where to search for an art director, how do you know that the uh, the person is the right fit, and all of that jazz. So before we kick it off, let's start with defining the role, because in my time I've worked with many different art directors. And they have nearly all been juxtaposition of each other, like very, very different. And everybody is an art director. So, Shiraz, do you want to kick off and kind of define what you, uh, like how would you define an art director? Yeah, uh, so th- that's entirely true. Like uh, when I was an artist working under different art directors, I myself saw different directors uh, working with me. And uh, they range in always, like there might be someone who is, uh, probably the best artist among the whole group, uh, very hands-on. And then there are people who might not even have a drawing tablet on the computer. So there's a, there is a big difference, like the same people sharing the same title, but uh, very different day-to-day work. And my, my definition would go still very uh, generic, which is simply an art director being a person who is responsible for the look of the game. Like uh, the design director is in charge for how fun the game is. The tech director or R&D director is responsible for how well the game plays. The art director is naturally the person who's responsible for the, the look of it, the, the visual vision behind it. Um, and then obviously, whatever they do, it still need to fit into the marketability and the gameplay and should work seamlessly with the tech. Uh, and they had to deliver stuff uh, within the resources they have at hand. Uh, however, the core function still depends on how the game is gonna look like eventually, like that's what their responsibility is. And um, coming back to like why you have seen so many of different art directors, I think it comes with the situation of what their past experiences have been. 
depending on where they work, like what kind of company culture they had, uh, also the expectations from the senior leadership. Uh, and it's also like the, the kind of like the culture, the people in the team they work with, and probably most importantly, their own individual choices of how they wanted to grow themselves and grow themselves as an artist. Like almost most of the people start as an artist, uh, and then slowly over the course, depending on how their trajectory goes across their career, uh, they sometimes like either continue to remain artist or start to lose it. And it's mostly about opening PPTs and talking about stuff or relying on Pinterest and stuff like that. And in, in, in the defense of those people, it's also not always possible to be very hands-on forever. Like uh, you need to have a bird eye view on the project so that you are able to make more bigger impact and make big decisions which are uh, going to be useful for the project and also it comes with lots of sacrifices right like you have to dedicate your time into recruitment or uh, talent development improving pipeline all that kind of like stuff like with the schedule and so sometimes like solving people issues takes a lot of your time so um, it, it it comes with a balance and depending on what kind of balance everyone ends up with in their career, it, it defines like what kind of person they are. And also sometimes it's very stupid if you are maybe by, by just being hands-on and not caring about anything else. Like if you're locking yourself in the room and the team is sitting idle and you just get frustrated and you are starting to just take things on your own hand. And um, that can maybe even start to make the team feel a bit disengaged or, uh, feel the lack of ownership. So someone who is like best with balancing all of those so that they are still inspiring, contributing, and at the same time giving the team the control and the ownership uh, would be the best art director. Like you might still have to pick up stone to ignite the fire by rubbing it if it's quite dark, but um, whoever is the best team person uh, and can manage the best team is probably a good art director in my opinion. Got it. So, so and, and that's, a, that's a very good point. Like, it ultimately goes back to the look of the game. And then you play around with the tech, the marketability, the resources. Those all have effect to it. And, of course, game design has a huge effect on, on, on what you're doing because it leads to a certain type of audience and then through that and so forth. Um, Jack, how did you become an art director? Like, let's, let's uh, take, uh, like a concrete oh, example. God, that's, 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 that's a tricky question. Uh, so, I mean, I started, <laughs> I, I started working in, uh, in games back in 2006. Um, and I basically just worked up from junior artist up to art director. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, one of the things that you said about being art director, apart from being, um, hands on as well, is that, you know, there's lots of different sort of hats you have to wear as well. Um, and that's one of the things that I always enjoyed at Wooga was wearing lots of different hats. And I think that's what sort of helped me, uh, become the person I am as a director. Uh, I've got a good background in tech. I think that's useful to have really. I'm more tech thinking when it comes to, uh, production. Um, also I've got a creative side. So I think you've got to be, you've got to be creative. You've got to have a tech side yourself. You've got to be good with people. Um, I would say you, you have to be kind of outgoing as well when you've been an art director. It's quite tricky if you're just uh, introverted. It's I, I find that more difficult to work with people. I had to come out of that shell to become more extroverted to deal with people, because it's it's a it's it's a real people job. You know, you are basically you know um, a purveyor of taste for games, uh, and so you know if you've got a vision of this product and how you're going to sell it uh, using visuals, you have to be able to explain yourself and you know really give a good, uh, you know, reasoning behind the direction choice uh, of what you're thinking. Um, so, I mean, uh, as long as, you know, 
not only have you got to be a decent artist, but you've actually got to be a really good bullshitter as well to be able to sell things to actually get people talking and you know, get people discussing the kind of thing you're looking for in games. Um, it's it's, ne- it's never as simple as oh this is this is pretty let's just do this. You've got to really you know combat and push for something with a product lead or a general manager or something. And uh, and that's something I've always really found fun to do is you know sparring with people, discussing ideas, you know igniting thoughts behind why we should do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to become an art director, you know, the most important thing to do is make sure that you have a, a, a good round knowledge of all the things, all this, all the fields you're going to work in within that product. And I mean, if you're going mobile, you know, you should be more focused on a bit of everything, especially sort of, you know, the, the, the audience you're aiming for. Uh, whereas if it's triple A, you know, it's, it's a bit more different. Uh, there's, it's, there's, there's art directors for different areas in that, in that field. Whereas, you know, if you're going to work in mobile, it's definitely more about knowing a lot more things and just focus on characters or art or, or you know, buildings or backgrounds. You've got to know a lot about everything, really. Shiraz, did you always know knew that you want to be an art director? Like, because Jack said, like he grew up from a junior artist up to an up to art director. Like, was it for you also like the sort of like methodical approach that I'm going to grow to this position and that's why I have to diversify and understand everything? And um, yeah, like, was it was it something that you were pursuing? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't knew, but uh, I had ambitions towards it. So uh, as I was like, much like how Jack said, started with a junior, um, starting to get a bit senior, I started to accept responsibilities and uh, slowly like starting with a smaller team and then taking the lead responsibilities for handling a bigger team. So uh, the, the exact thing with Jack said about uh, wanting to and having to wear different kind of hats uh, that became the nature of my day to day. And um, I, I started to like more than just being focused on making art, but uh, wanted to be engaged with more things and uh, working with more people, delegating work, giving feedback uh, and helping with the talent development and stuff like this with the people around me. So uh, and also I'm I'm a bit more like vocal. I'm uh, I'm not that introvert uh, in general. So that also helps like being uh, being around and being uh, being among the front runner. Uh, so this is, this is something which laid the foundation for me getting into being an art lead and then overall became a director and then studio art director. I think definitely the right, there is one thing you got to think about when you, when you get towards director roles, you do definitely become more hands off when it comes to art. So, I mean, if, if, if your goal is to be, you know, working on great art, then art director may not be the best role to go for. I mean, there's obviously some art directors that can spend time on just drawing and painting and setting the scene, setting the, the sort of flavor for a, for a game or something. But after that, really, it comes down to paint overs and management. Uh, and I think you'll find a lot of art directors will say that and you sort of reverb that back to you as well. They'll echo that. And um, is it is it typical, Jack, that, that, that people want to become an art director? Is it something that, that you're pushed for? Like, no. Or is, is, it, is it more that that there are clear distinction between, let's say in a tech path, like not everybody wants to be a CTO. There are people who want to be the distinguished engineers and kind of be like super into their craft and just code amazing things and they'll get rewarded for it. Is it the same on the art team side that you can, you know, become a lead artist or a principal artist and that is equally uh, respected inside the team as the people manager? Yeah, I would say, you know, someone like a principal artist is probably respected more in some ways right because they are just a fantastic artist knocking out beautiful pieces of work 
whereas the art director is you know, he's, he's the he's the ass that says no no move more to the left or more blue more green um so i think i i definitely believe that there are people that that I know this for sure. I actually don't believe it. I know there's people that want to stay as, you know, a lead artist or a concept artist. Um, because I mean, a concept artist is a really tricky one because that, that has such a level of experience from junior to just beyond director of the kind of artist you get who is just a concept artist. And it's not just a concept or role. It's, it's such a, a huge thing. Um, so yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't, not respect someone that isn't a concept artist or an art director i mean everyone's everyone you respect everyone just equally really with it when it comes to as, as an art team you've got to be very yeah you've got to be very careful with artists as well um they're they're, they're tricky people to work with you know they, it's it's you, that's why you got to be good with people is because you know you're looking at someone's work and you're critiquing it or you're explaining why it, it's good or bad or how to improve it so it's it's something like trying tread, to tread on eggshells really sometimes when you're sort of you're an art director. That's one of the things you've got to think about too is, you know, artists can be very, they're very creative, but they're also people that can be very uh, emotional and passionate. So, uh, yeah, you've got to be super careful. And, and any any type of uh, artist that exists, it's, it's the same thing really, whether there's an art director, art lead, junior artist, you've still got to be just as careful with them too because, you know, people pour their heart into making a piece of artwork. So you've got to be very careful with how you sort of, you know, work with it. Uh, and so people stay at that role. They, they like to stay just painting. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. They should, especially when they're that good. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point that, that, that you made um, regarding giving feedback. So <laughs> I've, I've had experience, not, not even once, not even twice, where the, the team didn't respect the art director. Uh, and then they usually didn't respect the art director because of her or his uh, drawing skills and ability to critique them. And that seems to be, I mean, that, well, that has happened so many times where, um, yeah, where, where the team just, just kind of like revolted against the art director, either by the critical members leaving or, or, um, or just complaining to the GM that, that this is not the, uh, the right person. Let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops. Now, we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games. And I'm sure you got the people part covered. But how fantastic your, your tools truly are. Well, listen, if your game is made with Unity, you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. Beamable simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, Beamable got you covered. And Beamable is not only for your product folks. With visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep, you all, to keep all your server code in C-sharp means life is simpler for your programmers and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so. So Shiraz, you have a very different background, not different background, but you have a sort of a, like a typical art director background where you've started from concept artist, if I'm correct, and you're a visual development artist. And through that, you're very good at drawing. And through that, you have a very beautiful portfolio. And through that, you get a lot of respect from 
the team of artists that you're working with because you're able to critique them with a pen, not with words, and, and you're able to, to explain it because you, you, that, that's your background. Like, is this mandatory or what are the other ways to, to really engage with your team and kind of get that respect, uh, even if you're not, you know, the, uh, one of the best drawers in the team? Yeah, uh, so true. I mean, I don't think it's so necessary because there are successful ADs or uh, multiple expertise, like it could be someone even more specialized with the uh, with the tech art and then maybe from the, from the animation background or actual production and might not really draw. I think the, the, the initial phase of when you're joining the team and when you start with working a new team, especially that team has not been built by you and has been given to you, those crucial first few weeks or months are most important that decide how the chemistry between the team and the AD is going to work. And that's where I, I feel that in my own experiences, I found it successful if I'm engaging with everyone differently, because just like Jack said, everyone is quite different and they're all mostly emotional because they, they are being artists, uh, they have been creating content and they put their love into it. The, the more one-to-ones you are going to have at the way beginning and when you start to meet people, spend time with them, uh, hear their stories, tell them about your own stories, uh, look at their uh, accomplishments and what they have done in their career, uh, ask them to show their own work, and then maybe even show your own stuff and what you have done. That start to develop a bit of like a respect, mutual respect among both of both the ideas as well as the person. And they start to understand what are uh, the way someone likes and doesn't like. And it, it automatically, as you grow your experience as an AD, you start to discover people and learn about how flexible about, are they about your own approach. And then you can probably program your way of working with them according to their own way of dealing with things. Some might not like micromanagement and some others are uh, not careful about details at a certain stage. And you have to be really careful how you communicate about very detailed feedback to someone uh, who's not really looking for those things. Uh, someone else is just wanting to elevate their work and they, they're just very open that, yeah, I mean, you could you could slap on my face about whatever feedback you have because I'm, I'm wanting to improve my quality. So uh, all those learnings really help you choose how you should work with the people and uh, obviously the way you communicate feedback. And I'm very thankful that I worked at organizations where there were lots of coachings done towards um, how to give feedback and sometimes like, on a surface level, it felt very weird. Like, what is this plus plus feedback or positive feedback? Like, you always have to cater your sentences in such a way that it doesn't hurt someone. But slowly, I rec started to recognize the values of those, and I, I tried to change my way of uh, uh, dealing with people uh, and and talking with them, and then giving them feedback. And also, how clear and helpful it is is also what it need to be. Like, it can't be too vague that you are just leaving the artist alone. Sometimes you have to be friends with them, like sit with them, um, give a more detailed vision about what you're asking, not just saying that, hey, I didn't like it and go go figure out something else. So uh, that's where it, it, it kind of like builds a relationship, uh, honestly, moving onward. And uh, that helps dealing with it. And that's something that someone else can do who's not doing drawovers as well. It, it, it's just about framing their mm -hmm. feedback. Jack, how do you get the uh, the respect of the art team other than, you know, wearing a black polo shirt and, and the glasses and, and you know, the, uh, the silly tattoos and all that jazz? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what 
Yeah, Shirosh, it's, it's basically, you know, you just have to, you know, work with the artists closely, uh, show them the kind of stuff you've done as well, the kind of vision you're trying to build with them too. Um, and it's just really a case of just, uh, you know, working with them to show that you're an artist. Uh, and I think that's the most important thing to get respect is to, to be able to, you know, stand on your own two feet and, you know, fight it out with uh, with other artists show them show them what you can do um and i think that's that's very important especially with much more if you join a team like if you go into a team that's got leads principals and you're an art director coming in from the outside mm-hmm. uh like that's what is that what happens to me mostly when i join another team coming in to work with another team there's already you know, an art director or principal artist in there too yeah it's really is a case of just you know they're already they're already senior, right? So they know exactly the kind of, I guess, the hoops you've jumped through to get to where you are, and the skills you have, and the experience you've you've gathered along the way. Um, it's just you know you work with these people to, you know, define the vision, and along the way they they start to see exactly the kind of person you are and the kind of art you output you create. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it's just about being a nice person, right? It's about being a nice guy. You know, don't don't be an asshole. Just you know, I don't think you've met many art directors. Like, like <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, you, honestly, at, at the end of the day, right? Just be a nice guy, and you and you you always get on with people, and you'll get the you'll get the best work out of them. Okay, all right. Well, I've seen I've seen uh, nice gals and nice guys, and I've seen also not so nice, especially in the role of an art director, and um. And that's, that's really the challenging thing that you said, like you have to earn the respect of your team of artists. That is such a challenging thing when you're coming in from the outside and they might have been going towards a different direction. You're coming in and you're trying to sway them to a different direction. And you have to have so much weight and so much support from above in order to do that. And I just like even thinking about it. I don't it, know about that. Exhausting. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, that's what I, I think if you go into a new team mm-hmm. um, and you've been given the given the 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 role to actually pivot the art style in a different direction for example mm-hmm. um i i don't think that's a big deal i think it's easy to do that kind of stuff as long as you explain to the team what exactly you're doing i've i've done this multiple times before where you have to actually pivot the art style or pivot something in a different direction from where you were going and you just do it with with just you know good art you know good metaphors uh a good style guide that you're aiming to to go with uh, and basically just as, as much information to really give something background and story. Um, and if you give it some kind of story dialect as well, then, you know, people will start to understand exactly why you're doing this. Mm. Uh, I, I do many guides where it's going through, you know, the transition from you know, left to right, black to white. Uh, and it, it's very simple to do that as long as you do it well, you know, and it's, and it's clear. Shiraz, I have to ask you, like, look, pivot in the art style. So you're coming in as a new AD. Do you, what's the best approach to be the man with a plan or be the man with ears? So basically just sitting down, getting everybody's opinion and like, what would you think? Giving people context and then pushing the team to make the switch? Or is it more fruitful in a case of a pivot where you just come in and, and really underline the reasons and kind of provide a clear guide? Where, where to head out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good situation. Uh, I think uh, in the beginning, it requires years. Uh, you are new to the company. You don't know what the team has been facing. Uh, they might have had a previous few months where 
they have already tried the stuff that you are trying to bring on the table and they are probably like tired of it like or or for whatever situation things didn't work and now they are uh, a little more disengaged and demotivated so in the beginning it requires to have an ear uh, i even like what i try to do is i try to take people on some offsides and uh, maybe like spending the whole one day or two days with them um, a new venue where you are just going and doing some sort of team building exercises uh, especially like if all those people are still not mingling well between each other and then on the on the top level it's all fun and like we are having great food and everything and uh, on the other side there's also lots of activities done towards where you are trying to understand what has been the history of the project uh, what they have already tried before uh, why things are not working according to them and what do they think uh, could improve and uh, is needed and they are themselves going to give answers to all those problems that things they have been facing and uh, if you agree to them and um, you you then whatever pivoting that you are about to do it could be addressed in such a way that it's kind of like answering and abiding to what they have been already hoping for um and additionally uh, like exactly what jack said like coming with a very clear plan discussing them with them uh, trying to feel that hey this is going to uh, make this stuff better by uh, such and such references style guide uh, notes about what we can improve uh maybe even like doing some deconstruction sitting with the people looking at the competition and looking at those games and then inspiring each other uh those things really value uh and also it it calls for a lot of uh, appreciation to those people for their own hard work like uh, i often time make sure that i'm not really getting lost in the momentum project and forgetting about praising good work and uh, i i always make sure that once in a while i'm going to individual direct messages on slack to people and uh, thanking them for the good work they've been doing a recent artwork that they created which look really good uh, and also sometimes organizing like a studio showcase or whenever there's a studio update or maybe just an art update per month uh, taking the entire team and showing around the work that we did in the past uh, past weeks or past month Uh, which even didn't make through the final cut because of uh, whatever rejections and multiple options were made uh, so that the team feels that they are getting recognized for what they have been doing and they they take your side then and they start to understand that yeah there's someone who cares for us and appreciates good work yeah yeah i asked it because this kind of applies to design and team leadership as well like i've been in cases where i've you know had to pivot the uh, the direction and and what i found to be the mistake and kind of my own diminishing trait was that I would be the man with a plan and I would be like let's go let's go and come in and kind of like explain everything and and what it makes others do is they kind of like sit back and then what happens is like mm-hmm. you're carrying all the weight and it's really hard to ignite the team to to support with everything because you've been such a driving force ahead with your own vision without mm-hmm. really hearing everybody and getting everybody along and now they're just helping you instead yeah. of pushing forward True. so so that's why that's why True. i kind of uh, asked the question yeah w- one of the thing i would still add mm-hmm. here is you should not be too sensitive about the i mean I, i'm not saying you should not be sensitive about the feelings of people but if you are able to see problems and you recognize that this is what's failing the project overall and the team overall mm-hmm. you should have that courage enough to say no to things 
and then channel them in the right way. Otherwise, you are going to mm-hmm. fail. It's going to be your yes. fault. So you, you have to come out across very strongly with what you feel about it. Best if you're getting support from your leadership, your other peers, from design director to creative and uh, your studio head and product lead. Uh, but if you know that this is the wrong way of how we have been doing things in the past and this is the right way, you need to continue educating for it and uh, you need to enforce that. Otherwise, if you start to make compromises and your own vision for what you initially brought in and now has starting to change just in order to flow with the river of how people have been doing work, then I don't believe you are going to be able to make enough of difference and you will just uh, be part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, and, you know, Shiraz is a nice man, but we work together and, and you're very insightful. Like when you see that, that something is not working, you're like, this person got to go. She got to go or he got to go. Like it's not going to, and that also allows you to, to see like when you bring in and you kind of bring the team together, start talking with everybody, start bringing everybody on board. And there's always going to be a couple of people or one person who's kind of not jumping on board. You leave them off board because you got to go. And that's it. And that's uh, that's also a crucial fact. Like you can't have everybody like you. Eighty percent is the goal. The rest twenty, goodbye. So that that's my that's the way I see it. And and that's you know that that's uh that's usually uh eighty twenty rule is um is is good to go. Anyways, enough about me. Uh, but let's talk about when to hire an art director. What, in your opinion, would be a good start for the project? Like, let's say we're working on a new game. Is our director the first person you bring in? Is it the person you can bring in after concept validation? Is it a person you bring in production or pre-production? Jack, when is the perfect time for our director to step in? I mean, I reckon my my perfect team would probably be um, starting off with an art director to get the vision right, working with the product lead or GM, whatever, whoever is in charge, Uh, and maybe a couple of concept artists along with you know the rest of the team that's needed like design or ui or whatever ux they needed to but just to get the the fundamental design and sort of flavor of the game you know get an art director and a concept artist working on that start off with and then you know once you know that's kind of uh it's i guess wouldn't say approved but once it's you know looking like it's going in the right direction for what the the studio's need is uh, then bring in someone more like a, a technical art kind of person to start or a really good technical art sort of person to then start break down exactly what you're going to need to to do this kind of game as well. Um, because I've always found with so many, so many issues with working on games is I've always joined a game, you know, halfway in or a quarter in or something. And yeah, you know, it's, it feels like the due diligence was, was kind of not done. <laughs> so you're then trying to pick up all the pieces. Oh God, we've got to fix this. Oh God, this doesn't work. We need this person here. And I, I never it's so hard to always have the perfect team from the start and i think that's such a, a bummer i think you do need to have your not the perfect team but the right team to actually understand what they're going to build and how they're going to build it um because it's the the type i've been on so many genres of games over the years um and you see the same problems with every game it's just it's never the due diligence is done about how we're going to build a game from scratch correctly uh, so, I mean, I would all start off with the art director and a concept artist and the rest of the people they needed to make the, the idea and the sort of the, the visual pass and then start drip feeding in, you know, senior members like a technical artist, uh, maybe an animator or something to then start, you know, once it starts sort of flooding out, when you start to maybe go towards like a, mm-hmm. a vertical slice, you know, have the right people on board. So you can also plan for how you're going to build this game in the future as well. Sure. Yeah. What's your, what's your recommendation? Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I agree to what Jack said. Um, but it, it also depends on what kind of uh, team or game team that is. Yeah, true. Like, is it uh, under a bigger company? Like uh, you, you already have stable uh, multiple projects going on and uh, that's a new prototyping team that you are completely confident that you are going to convert it into a game mm. team uh, which will move on. Then it makes sense to start investing on senior leadership into that phase. However, if it's a new startup or something like an indie team or a bunch of developers and designers combining themselves and forming to make a team and uh, some very initial funding, uh, maybe an art director coming at that point of time might not really bring a lot of value in my opinion, uh, unless someone is really a generalist and is able to contribute at that very early phase of development when you have to do rapid prototyping and you are providing placeholder assets and um, buying some stuff from the store and talking with the game designer and programmers and then just making something functional so that you are able to uh, take it forward. Um, so, so that kind of like generalist would probably bring more influence and things on the get-go. Uh, and then also one of the things which I'm always very careful about is that at the early phase, if you give a big responsibility to someone, thinking about, yeah, we formed a small team, let's make this guy an art director because he had been making placeholder assets and all of that kind of thing. But you need to think that afterward, this is going to get greenlit and then there will be more funding and this the demands are gonna change on the art. Today it was just about providing placeholders and something temporary working. Tomorrow it's about elevating the whole benchmark quality and scaling the team and managing and focusing on details like visual development and quality of concept art and everything. Is that person appropriate to continue to be an art director? So I wouldn't put a hat on that person almost immediately until like we, we really know that that person, him or her, is able to continue with the with the demands which are going to come in the future. So still an AD can come at that stage, but I would probably put it at the point when the project is greenlit. And now the moment is when you are building the team and your, your focus is coming to define the style, choosing the theme and hiring the first few people like just Jack said, like mm. tech artist and concept artist and one animator. And that's probably the most enjoyable phase for someone as well. Like uh, the early phases when you are developing style guides and defining the look of it. That, those are, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. One more thing, which I was uh, just feeling like is that it also depends on your channel work. Like sometimes your game is quite inspired. Like you're not going to innovate anything. You, you just know that there are these games which exist in the market. We are following something from here. We're dragging that from the other side. That's where also an AD can help by coming in early because then the game developers and designers entirely know what they need to do and they're going to make their game pitch according to it. And you as an AD can start making some sort of like a visual pitch. So it, it comes with all of that PPT uh, with great inspiration on what kind of look you are going to promise for the game. And that deck combined with the, the functional build can be a good like pitch for the investors mm -hmm. to start putting money into it. Great points. Uh, so. Um, I don't know even which order I'll start with this. So one was what you said. You bring in a relatively, not junior, but but an artist in the beginning, and that is a pretty generalist artist, and he, he or she does a good work in the beginning and then maybe gets a, another helping hand and kind of manages one person. That person is still not an art director. That was a field promotion, and I've usually seen careers sidelined by these type of decisions uh, because at some point when, when shit gets real and when the person has to be doing real art direction job with and hiring a big team 
not, not even a big team, even a medium-sized team, and then searching into into like moving into different avenues and also uh, coaching people. That's not why they were in that position originally. They were doing something totally different. And if you still keep that person as an art director and kind of expect that person to grow on the job into multiple different vectors at the same time without any kind of mentorship, that person's career will be sidelined. And there, it's so many times that I would come to a studio and and see people with an art director title and like, how did you become an art director? Like you've barely worked on a, as an artist before. Like you were a, a 3D artist for, for a while and now you're an art director. And then you can clearly see in the game that there's multiple things failing. You can see in the team that the multiple things are failing because the person is just not qualified to, to hire, to mentor, to build an art team, doesn't even have an idea of what an art team would do. So I would just um, kind of to, to everybody who is running teams and studios, be very cautious before giving this title because it's not a reward. It's a punishment for those people. And they could have grown to be a very good art director, but because you expedite their progress, their confidence might be shut forever. And the only way go to go is to go backwards in their career, and that never looks good. So <laughs> that's, that's one point that I've seen in, in these field prom promotions go. Uh, the second thing is the start of the project. So I, I agree with all of you, and I've had multiple different starts for the project. My favorite one is to start the project with an art director who is hands-on. Like if you have an art director that is who started off as a concept artist his or her career, uh, they're able to start drawing, start guiding external artists to kind of go for different looks and feels. And it's good to have that person from the beginning because you're jiving with him or her, and that person is also jiving with your initial tech team. But I would do a caveat that you don't need an art director in the beginning, even at a big company, if the person is wrong, because what can happen is they hire too big of a team from the beginning, they start managing the team. Meanwhile, you're trying to prove out the core concept of it. So in my experience, I've actually had, I have actually had a good experience of no artists for months while in development while just purchasing assets from Unity Store or Unreal Store and having the demo just playable with placeholder assets and then bring in art team in one swoop, like the art director with four or five artists at the same time. And what they enjoyed it, they came and they're like, oh, we see the proportions, we see everything, we can take the build in our hand, we can start skinning this the way we want to do and and we don't have to be worried about multiple different pivots to the core and what's going to happen what's the angle what's this what's that like everything is already set but nothing has been painted so for them uh, i remember they said like this is a this is the best type of a start to a project you already figured out what the game feels like let us figure out how it looks like that does sound a bit like though when a director uses the music mm -hmm. from another film <laughs> and then they asked the composer to make the music and it sounds just like the music from the other film. So, I mean, there is that issue as well. If you give, if you give a team too much of a template to work from, they literally, as you said, they just paint over it and then yeah. fill in the gaps. I mean, that can work, right? That can work if that's what you're after for sure. But if you're after something that maybe is more fresh and new, maybe that, maybe that, but, I mean, fresh and new, who wants fresh and new these days anyway? It's all about just copying what exists. <laughs> so What's fresh and new? No, Jack, I didn't mean that. I said both of the things have worked. And I said, of course, my, 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 you know, preferred way is to start with an art director and yeah, yeah, yeah. make that as a core. But I've also just saying for the smaller studios out there listening, you can actually ship a game and make it a good game without, yeah. without having a single artist for a long while. 
but that also works in a certain games where you're trying to prove a core. Maybe your core is a little bit different. My experience was with building a different type of a core that we knew that we have to just prototype a lot because this hasn't been really done before. And it wasn't really about the art style. It's like, how do we even make this core work, this idea? Yeah. So having an artist would, would mm. maybe even limit us to some way by pushing to certain direction because how can you develop characters when you don't even know what angle we'll be looking at and then so forth. I mean I don't, I don't know if, uh, Shiraz, you might say this completely wrong, but, you know, yeah. I don't think art is a thing that makes a game, right? That it helps to add the layers mm -hmm. of a game to make, to give it the complexity that the, it's the gloss is to shine that makes it look good. If the game is fundamentally crap, it's not going to be any good to play, right? So I think that that process is always very good. You don't actually potentially need an art team at the beginning. You can literally, the Unity Asset Store, for example, is fantastic for stuff. Fantastic. I've done that in the past. We you know, built stuff yeah. with just those and then, basically painted over it so she copied it done, <laughs> done, gone over that you know and it, it works it does work yeah. um so okay so we talked about when to hire an art director so what's uh now that we have the when and there's no one right or wrong uh, opinion here and that's why i like having both of you here um what's a good source to find an art director you know other than i don't even know where to find it. like <laughs> like what where do you start looking I mean, I, I would check contacts first. Uh, yeah, you were with a lot of people in the past uh, who were like good seniors or good juniors. That was like 10 years ago. Uh, and they were solid then. You could look at them back now and see how they've improved or what they're up to nowadays. Um, friends, friends are always good. Friends and colleagues, man. That's that. That's really, that's the guys that I go to first. Um, for for any, If anyone's ever looking for an art director or technical artist, I always go through the basically the sort of the Rolodex find a couple of artists <laughs> or tech, tech, tech guys and send them over to friends. Uh, I think that's because you, as I said, right, if you know these people and you know, they're good people to work with as well, um, it's, it's a clear, it's a clear win. I mean, that's why directors use the same you know, actors again, because that, you know, these people are solid and good at what they, at what they do. Um, so yeah, otherwise if you're, if you're, you know, if you're like a, a person that's on the outside, um, looking for yeah, an art director, Obviously, you've got recruiters, but yeah, uh, but art stations always quite a good place to just start looking through things, um, or speaking to people. At, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you're looking for junior artists or you know, just artists, another good place to look at would be sort of you know universities um, and uh, reaching out to campuses and stuff to find out more about the, uh, if they have any people that they can recommend too. Shiraz, what what's what would you be your suggestion? Yeah. So uh, Jack already said about referrals and uh, recruiters. I think on, on top of it, there are uh, maybe, uh, and apart from the universities things, um, I think uh, if you don't have much of contacts, for example, and uh, maybe can't have the support from recruiters at the moment, uh, you can also keep an eye on uh, the art forums, like for example, ArtStation, where most of the artists have their portfolio and our directors are constantly pushing stuff about their own direction uh, that they did on previous projects. and you can look at their posts to see like what kind of way they have directed the project before and how they pushed the quality or whatever game they were worked on. And also maybe like keeping an eye on conferences uh, and like GDC or any art conventions and uh, things oriented to digital art uh, and looking at speakers there. Uh, some, some of them are presenting their own case studies and their processes and giving talks. And if, if you start to feel that, yeah, these people are singing the same song of the kind of culture I'm trying to bring, 
then maybe reaching out to those people and then uh, oh sure you just limited I mean, the uh the, the people going to gdc <laughs> the art directors are not going to get approved <laughs> they're like wait companies are looking at who's talking and listening to them and actually trying to poach them <laughs> Oh, well, there are a lot of roundtable as well. So I, I, I know that there are the, the sessions are fewer, of course, but uh, at the same time, there are lots of like side, side activities around GDC, yeah. uh, art roundtables and stuff where there, there's a group discussions and yeah, 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 exactly. So um, I, I, just, I think conferences are good. Like Trojan Horse is great. When I went there, the first time I went there was 2013 and that was a really good place to meet artists. Mm -hmm. It was really, really good. So, I mean, that's a... That's a that's a that's also a good start. Actually, meeting someone, talking to them face to face, looking at their portfolio, look at watching them talk if they're talking as well. That's always yeah, super super stuff to do. I've hired a lot of people up from the bar. That's yeah, you have. I even I even, I sometimes forgot, but we were at the uh, the anecdote. This week we were in a in a little bit of an offside thing uh, with other companies, uh, other startups, and. Um, and some of the uh, the new founders actually said, like, yeah, I remember when I first met you. You came in with a bunch of drinks. You gave me some. Then you put a hand around me and showed me a game you were working on and said, come work with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> others on this table have gone from this experience. So let's put it this way. Can I go? I'm not an artist. Surprise. I'm not an artist. <laughs> Caveat for everybody. Can I go to, to Troy and Horse as a unicorn, which sounds like preposterous name but can i go to this conference and just get people drinks and be like hey i loved your talk really like your visual development listen i'm working on this game it's super cool i'd love for you to join and build an art team can i do that why not yeah. uh, i mean uh, sorry sorry jack if i could that's fine that's, that's uh, it why not that's uh, it uh, 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 <laughs> Obviously, at THU, I think uh, it, it at least builds a platform where recruiters can connect mm -hmm. with the uh, with the people they can hire. Um, there's a dedicated days for recruitment, and uh, if you can go as a recruiter, great. So you can also set up a table, and people are going to apply to you. Um, otherwise, as well, the culture is like that that people are allowed to meet and talk. And uh, after the whole day of session, uh, there is literally like a bar or food food area, and people are talking and. Obviously, there are a lot of people looking for jobs, and um, if you're a recruiter and you're going to start talking to people, they're going to say yes. I'm, I'm going. Where's the next one? Portugal? Yes. Yeah, it's happening next Let's month. Let's go. <laughs> I'll bring my drink card. <laughs> I don't need a. I don't need a, a table. Actually, I'll do. I'll do my. Like everybody else can have a, a table, table in a bar. So need. I'll have my table in the bar. <laughs> yeah. Come work for me. Just just give me free caps. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, Alcoholic, non-alcoholic drink, whatever's your jazz. <laughs> but as long as you're good at art. <laughs> um, all right. So, how do you test an art director? Like, if you don't have an artist in on your team, let's say you're you're building out a studio, and we're not talking about like you're no resource studio. Let's say you have resources. Like, let's say, well, latest example, Aristocrat just initiated a studio or started a studio here in Helsinki. Aristocrat has all the money. And now they put in two guys like, hey, guys, build a studio. All right. How do they find an art director? Other than, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, we talked about how they find an art director. But how do they test when they find those art directors, when they get the resumes? And the art director will be like, yeah, I heard you guys have a lot of money. I like your vision. Uh, I want to be an art director on your team. How do I test that person if I don't have existing artists on my team? Mm. 
so I, I can yeah. go first. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Uh, I, I, I think what you could do is maybe you can start asking their strategy of how, how they approach art, uh, how they approach art direction uh, for their team and what's their way of working, their work style. Like, um, are they curious about the market? They are constantly studying competition. What's their um, the standard of quality and leadership skills? Obviously, these are part of general interviews, which you generally do with any kind of person. Um, apart from it, sometimes like the portfolio also tells a lot, uh, like, uh, honestly, like for an artist, the entire portfolio is the kind of art they create and the beautiful work that they've done in the past. And for an art director, it's, uh, it's a bit of a different, however, an AD can probably also bring lots of their own, uh, set of documents that define the vision, like. Um, if they uh, they made some mood boards before, or maybe like the style guide that they've done, done in the past, even the smallest or posted that they might have done in their past work where they gave a feedback to someone with a draw or note or whatsoever. Um, when an AD clubs them together and present them a portfolio, uh, you, by looking at it, you can kind of like imagine that, yeah, this, this person is making sense. And um, I'm able to see from what they started on and then where they took the product by uh, bringing their own things into it. So, um, and, and you have seen that in my case, right? Like when, when I met you and when I was giving an interview with you, uh, apart from just bringing the finished pieces or the quality pieces, which I've done in the past, I, I brought those, um, those bigger pages where there were like my own writings and uh, the do's and don'ts and all of that kind of type thing. And that sometimes helped the, the other person understand about, uh, how you make difference. Uh, so that's also one thing. And in addition, if, if you are capable of providing an art test to someone, uh, you could maybe even give them a situation which is a, a real challenge on your own project uh, and then ask them to come up with something like uh, what would be their plan? Like how would they execute this? Uh, would it be about building the team? How would What kind of team composition would they come up with? Uh, what would be their uh, mood board or vision for the thing that you are trying to get created? And in that two or three days of the weekend spent by the art director and, and the thing that they create for you as an artist, uh, that can tell you whether, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. Jack. That's super tricky. Uh, right. I mean, you, you got to think about who the interviews are as well. First, like, do they have a back? Do they even understand? I mean, are they just business people or are they, do they have let's some kind say, of background in games? Say, as well? No, let's, let's, let's give, let's, that will be the most horrible situation. Uh, but let's so say they're just they, business. They should probably just maybe get a friend of an art director to do the interviews or, or do the sort of research yeah, for them. Well, let's I think say that's... they're not business. Let's say they have like a product or design background. All right. That's, that's, that's good then. So, I mean, I, I think if they're looking at this person as the first person in the studios with an art background, um, I would imagine they're thinking about someone that is potentially more management with some hands-on as well because they've got to build up a team for the whole yeah. studio at some point so they've got to think about the artists that they're looking for their art directors they've got to hire as well post this art director it's got to be looking for creative people technical people uh so this person has got to be really good with paperwork they're really good with people uh they've got to, they've got to have a good eye for you know uh, for the style of games that the studio are planning to make so they've got to have this art director has got to have a business understanding of the, of the business itself, right? He's got to be a person or he, she has got to be a person that understands exactly the kind of games that aristocrat make and also have a knowledge of that kind of product. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, the first person they're looking for is someone that's going to be a 
the flag carrier for the rest of the art team they bring in. This mm. person would not necessarily have to be the most creative, but definitely the most management orientated person with a very solid background in the business and the games they're going to produce. Mm. I'll give a, I'll give a, my, my example of how I've approached this hiring. So the, uh, the, the, the context is always that you have to hire, as you said, flag carrier or flagship, that person has to be, um, the one that, that attracts other artists. So what I've usually done is, is two things. I like to test on what Shira said, the plan. I want to know what the plan is, uh, how many people, when, why, and so forth to kind of see how the person is able to plan because as somebody who's in charge of the budget and in charge of the project, I need to be able to trust the person's plan and support their planning. So I need to test how well they plan. Uh, and that's how they break down. And like, I would hire these people here and this people there, this will be my starting team. And then I would bring this, I'll be on that. And that leads to a very fruitful discussions between the art director and the GM, where you can actually discuss about headcounts and then, and, and mm. timing. The second thing that I, use, that I look in an, in an art director in the first art director is their art station presence. Uh, because if you're trying yeah, to yeah. trying to hire somebody who will bring others, then you need to somebody who can, who's, you know, who has a lot of followers on our station, has reach. who has a, yeah, who has the reach, who has the portfolio, because when they come in and they plant their flag, uh, other artists will come in because they see their portfolio. They want to work with this person because they know, but by working with this person, they will make their portfolio look better. They don't even care about that much about the game, about the company, but they know that their portfolio will be leveled up after working with this person. And that will move them ahead in their career and they will learn a lot of things. So those are the kind of like two things. And my suggestion to, uh, to all the, um, the, uh, the heads of studios at this point is to overpay for your art director. Do not, do not try to count pennies here when you're hiring your, your flag bearer. If your company doesn't have the big name and you, if you don't have the, uh, the, the, uh, the art directors, like you will save so much money by overpaying to your art director, who is a, who is an art station rock star, uh, because that person will bring you all the artists. Every time you hire an artist through a recruiter, that's 15 to 30 K a pop to a recruiter. Think about it. And if mm -hmm. you hire a great art director who has art station presence and that person brings you five, six artists just through their resume, that's 15 to 30 K a pop per artist. So pay the man or pay the woman and then, and, and you'll save money. So that's uh that's my kind of like a financial advice. I'm sure yeah. you guys would agree with that one. <laughs> I, I agree to a certain level. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So what are the sort of common mistakes when you're hiring an art director? Um, I could go, go. go. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, common mistakes. All right. So I, I think three, Two, two or three things are important. Like, first of all, it's about if you have a kind of culture in your company and how fit are they for, for that kind of culture? Um, how comfortable are they with working with big teams or small teams? So generally when you're interviewing someone, you could kind of like get to know about what's their preference. Like they, they are comfortable working on a small team or they like to have a bigger team where they're specialist in everything. And if the environment requires someone to lead by an example, so that that would be one. Uh, the other thing is mostly about their own work style compared to the mindset of game development within the entire team. I'm not talking about artists, 
like everyone, the designers, the developer, how, how they take the product, because everyone have a very different mindset of how the games are being developed. Uh, some might have a very iterative approach, like we start from something quite crappy and we improvise and improvise and improvise. And afterwards, like from all our learnings, we are going to polish and polish. And that definitely also happens with uh, a very vision project as well. But sometimes it's very iterative. And in the other cases, it's a big trust on quality from the very beginning. Like you are, you are just delivering perfection from the beginning and you have that approach that, yeah, we know what we want to make and we are going to make that perfection from the way beginning. So depending on the style, because if, if you are not iterative and you come with a mindset of I'm going to deliver perfection, then you start to focus too much onto the, the, the quality and perfection at the first benchmarks. And maybe that's a misfit for the rest of the team and how they are comfortable to working it. Uh, and it, it also works the other way around where you just want to throw in some random stuff so that like see how we polish and polish because your vision has been always that this product will become great one year afterwards. However, the rest of the team is focused on building great looking work from the very beginning. Then again, um, you, you're probably a mismatch. And the, the third thing would be the, the main product need compared to your own specialization. So if the product requires you to be, um, uh, the product have all different needs, right? Some of those might have be very heavy on visual development. Something else might require a lot of animation, uh, maybe a lot of VFX as well. Uh, the other ones might require story and emotion and all of that kind of like thing. So if your expertise is not aligned to this and you, you have a different expertise, then again, like uh, you are hiring a wrong art director. So if you are really looking for someone which is very uh, content heavy and visual quality and that kind of like thing, then you should go for an art director who's more expert on the wisdom side. And then same applies for the other stuff like uh, animations and other things, mm. probably. Yeah, I agree totally. Um, yeah. Just make sure you hire the the AD that's right for what you're after, the role, the the, the sort of the game you're making. Essentially, um, don't don't just hire an art director because they're an art director or just because they're experienced. You know, sometimes a more junior AD is sometimes actually better. I find uh, for for certain things because they they're just newer, fresher, hungrier. Um, and yeah, just the common mistake is hiring an AD that doesn't really understand the kind of uh, product you're going to make. Uh, or hiring an AD from out of the field, uh, so someone from you know AAA because they're a superstar making characters. You bring them into a mobile game, they're gonna be like, oh god, <laughs> you know we're not making these you know fifty thousand triangle characters. We're making you know five thousand for example. It's no characters five thousand, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah. you, you need to make sure they actually understand that the the role and what they're going to be uh, delivering on the platform. Yeah, th those those are great points uh, from my perspective. Like the the, the mistakes have definitely been around the past of the, the art director. So kind of looking at their previous projects and a lot of like, there, there are a lot of art directors who, um, who kind of fake their past. So they might not be that hands-on on, on multiple different things. They might not even show that, that these elements that they are portraying in their portfolio have been done by somebody else. Um, sometimes even in a, a different studio than, than what they were leading, uh, just an outsourcing studio. So those are, are quite challenging. And and um, you just have to be very careful. And as Jack, as you said, like looking at somebody's background and let's say they've been at like, you know, Supercell or you name it, mm -hmm. like any of these top mobile companies, doesn't make it necessarily that they're going to crush it at your company. Not mm -hmm. at all. Exactly. Uh, you yeah. have to understand 
how they worked, where those came in through. So so don't be blown away when you see images from from top mm. grossing games because there's there's a story behind them and and um, you have to understand what was the role of the art director in making that happen. And I'm not saying that that it's that it's bad that the that the art director did draw some kind of a key art themselves. No, that's they're, they're not expected to do key art, uh, but they have to but be I mean, very if, open if, in if, how it if was. If they didn't mention it though, if they didn't yeah. mention they did that, if, if they're like, yeah, yeah, I did that, and they don't yeah. say it was a team effort, you know, I directed it, and they don't. I think that's that's the most annoying sort of director that exists is one that takes all the credit. That's someone mm-hmm. you don't want on your team. Yeah, yeah, and then and it's, it's definitely. Um, yeah, sometimes the uh, the team effort is has been so gigantic when when <laughs> yeah like when you take one person of the team who was like the manager of that team and there were like ten people doing this one thing and you said and you're like taking one person so it's just like taking I don't know the person who textured it it's like <laughs> he's not going to be able to redo it he just did a piece of it so so um and if the other director says like hey there was a ten people and I can bring pretty much I can rebuild this team composure and make this type of stuff that's great but. All I'm trying to say to everybody who's hiring art director is just to be very clear when you're asking questions about their portfolio, mm-hmm. uh, how were these things done? Who was Definitely. responsible for this? And, and may, all, a lot of time in ArtStation, you will see uh, people tagging like, okay, the, uh, the concept was done by this, the yeah. 3D was done by that, the animation was done by this. And when I look at it, I'm like, okay, that's great. Uh, I can see your team forming up already. So, <laughs> so that's positive to me rather than yeah. saying, you know, like I directed this. Okay, with how many people? External, mm. internal, what was going on here? So yeah. that's always a, a, a challenging. All right. Um, before we before I let you guys go, I want to talk about one more topic, and that is the common pitfalls of an art director. And this is something that I've ha- sadly had to, you know, as I said in the beginning, I've had to witness where the art, direction, art directors fail in their position. So I'm kind of curious to hear from your perspective. Is like we, we talked about how to succeed, but what are the typical fails and how do you help in, in the role of an executive or, or a studio head or a teammate or another lead in the, in the company to, to help the art director to course correct? And um, yeah, like what, what, are the, what are the typical fails and how to help them to course correct? I mean, I think, you know, it's going to, which is quite good actually where you come from the last, the last topic is that, you know, if, art directors come to you with this fantastic portfolio and it's like beautifully dazzling, but then you find out they just did one thing on it, which was they painted one character or something that, and they tried to then continue to hide this and then do all your work. Then basically start building your visual style guides and art guides, all this kind of thing based on uh, a lack of knowledge. Um, the biggest pitfall an art director can make is not asking for help or getting the right people to help them at, at the right time. If they try to do everything themselves and they don't have the knowledge for it, that's, that's, I've seen that happen so many times with, with teams. Uh, you know, you've got a, a cracking person as an art director, but they just have lack of knowledge in, I don't know, maybe characters or a, a lack of knowledge in, I don't know, color theory. And this can create so many, many issues, you know, and I think that's the problem. If, if an art director doesn't come across to someone that's asking, knows when to ask for help or know when to get the right people in, that's a huge pitfall. That's my first thought on that. I'm sure mm-hmm. Shiraj has a few, a few others. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think in order to help them, like the, I'm probably this part of the your second question where how, how do you help them like course correct? Um, maybe what you could start doing is like 
spending more time with them, understanding their own ideas and vision on how they want to operate, like uh, uh, what's their ideal way of working. And um, in case you see that uh, there are certain pitfalls, like for example, there's too much of workload, like so many, like the art director is getting overwhelmed because of so much of things not working. Uh, one of the things that one could do is to give them maybe an art producer, mm. and that could be a really good thing. Like you, uh, the art director now has a dedicated art producer who is helping him or her uh, manage the whole week. Like, and it's not just about the work uh, going to the artist, but also the tasks that are at hand of the art director, yeah. which he or she might be forgetting quite often. And the the art producer is gently reminding about, hey, we this week we had to make a list of all the outsourcing vendors we could reach out. Next week we have to have a call with certain person in order to uh, see whether they can create this key art for us. So things like it. And also um, maybe if you're if, if there are sprints going on and there are like retrospectives done, uh, you could look at all those retro notes from the art and try to hear what the artists have been feeling and what are the, the things that they feel are not working and then talk with your art director and like bring it up like, hey, I saw the retro notes and um, I saw that lots of artists have been complaining about this. Like, do you need any help? Like, what do we do about this? And then uh, supporting that art director. I think these are the areas where you can probably help course correct uh, and fix the problems that are happening at the moment. Yeah, getting overwhelmed by the amount of work they have to do and other stuff's getting forgotten about. Like as you said, an art producer, you can you can forget about time. You know, if you're just painting pretty pictures, uh, and you need someone to help you make sure that the that the whole team is working, uh, you know, like, like clockwork, not just you are just the one person doing everything. Also, another thing is the micromanaging. That's a huge pitfall where the art lead or the art director has to take every piece himself and paint over it. I mean, that's that's super annoying as well. If someone if he's having to take if he's the basically a blocker for your product as well, uh, that's that's a huge issue. You're gonna have to come across and get rid of as well. Yeah, that's it's it's really important as a as a as a manager for the art director that in your weekly or biweekly one on ones, you just keep asking them, "How can I help you?" And yeah. of course, it's uh, it's also mm. important to have talks with everybody in the team so you understand the issues. And usually, what I True. try to understand is, does the art director understand that he or she needs help? Because I usually understand that things are not working out. Production is, yeah. is re either halted or there's a, there's a little bit of a turmoil in the team. One or two people might be leaving the team on the art side. Like these are all red flags. And at that point, I, I expect the art director to tell me what the help is. And if that doesn't happen, then it's a wrong art director. And then the then you need to be thinking about contingency plans for that. So so it's usually like yeah that's that's kind of like my thought process always. It's like if the art director continues to have a plan that you can support, that's excellent. And for that they need to understand what's going on. But if they lose their plan, then then I don't know how to help an art director to to get the plan again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things which I also feel are often uh, quite common and probably like the, the wrongdoings of uh, when you're working as an art director is favoritism. Yeah. When you start to favorite a certain people among the team and uh, maybe that person is the one that you hired or you might have known from the past and therefore you have that relationship with that person and you are constantly just relying on that person for most mm -hmm. of the communication or giving the main roles and sidelining the entire team because then maybe the person you're favoriting might be overperforming or being 200%. Uh, 
but you have to realize that all the other people in the team are feeling disengaged or unconnected with you and starting to feel a bit more inferior like the the art director doesn't likes me and uh, they never reach out to me for good work and i'm always given the the most basic assignments compared to most challenging and the exciting one where i can also grow so my growth is tempered my impact on the project is tempered and they start to uh, just treat it like a job and they they don't feel excited about working on it so their productivity goes down from 100% to 60% and eventually that makes the whole team balance becomes unstable so i, I don't really feel like doing favoritism in this it's very common because mm-hmm. uh, you always spot good artists and you like their work and you prefer them to do stuff because you know that uh, it will eventually look good but it it kills the team balance and that's something which leads to the failure of an art director as well yeah the the problem with that is in most of the companies the art director like if you consider it it's it's um it's a team leadership job and they don't have full ownership of their team meaning they can't change their team it's like you have to win with this team and it's and it's a it's a it's a very weird proposition because if you can't make any changes to the team composure then how how can you win? Like, are you some kind of a cult leader where you can get everybody behind whatever you're doing? Like, I'm, I'm sure those type of people exist, but most of the time you're in a rush. You, you have some kind of a pressure to execute. And I understand that this type of favoritism happens because you, you happen to have people you trust on your team. And what that signals to me is you have people who you don't trust on your team. And that itself is an issue. Like, how can you have members on your team that you can't get assigned you know, legit tasks to, because you know that they won't be able to deliver. And of course, we can have a discussion whether you tried or so forth. And you could say, just, you know what, they don't just don't have the skills. It's like, okay, so what, why do we have this person on this team, if you don't trust? Mm-hmm. And then through that, it creates this sort of a like a bad feeling inside the team where there's an A class players and B class players, because you're unable to, to move them. And then the B, B class players, not they're not B class forever. But what is happening is they are unable to grow and their confidence is going down because you know they're not getting the support so it's not good for anybody it's not good for the art director it's not good for the for the people who are unable to progress because they're not being trusted uh, because maybe the pace of the project is so far along or the style of the new art director is different than what they're comfortable with so what i'm trying to say is art directors need to have full control on who's on their team if you want them to have the ownership of the outcome of the of the Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, Jackie, you were saying something. No, that's, I, I agree. That's that's a, that's a very valid, mm-hmm. valid uh, advice. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky because you do get you know there are some people on the team that are, are better than others, and you, yeah. you do rely on them a bit further. And I guess that that could be seen as favoritism. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of laughing because there there've been situations where where we laugh later on with with some of the art directors that joined my team later on. They were talking about their previous project where they were given just absolute juniors to complete very di- difficult tasks. And yeah. the executive would say, well, your goal is to level them up. And he's like, what? Like, mm-hmm. that's not like, you can't teach somebody to be a senior during a project. And, and it was just like, it, in, in, the, in these situations, I know that they felt it to be so completely unfair. It would the same thing as you would give the executive some junior people to complete their job and just say, well, just level them up while you're running. And um, yeah, anyways, uh, those are funny scenarios. Not gonna mention any companies. So before I start talking more shit, 
I think it's time to end this podcast with with giving you guys the floor. So please promote the open positions at Scopely, at Moon Active, promote your Instagram, your art station, and tell people how they can get in touch with you apart from going to Trojan Horse is a Unicorn Conference and buying you drinks. THU. I just like to say the full name because it's so preposterous. Uh, I mean, yeah, Scopely Tools got roles open for good artists and just check out LinkedIn uh, and you can find out all our available roles on there. Um, I, I was on this podcast today not speaking on behalf of Scopely, just myself. These are my personal <laughs> opinions. Just as a, a caveat right there, just uh, so a, a quick note at the end, just in case. Um, and you can find my stuff. I'm, I'm an art station. Just type in Jack M. Gilson and you'll find my beautiful amount of uh, artwork from stuff I've worked on in the past. Uh, and hopefully going to be working on some NFT stuff very soon as well. Ooh, descriptions. It, it's the uh, link is going to be in description and Shiraz, you got multiple channels to reach out to. Yeah. So, uh, you can search for my name, my name, like Shiraz Talang, uh, on Austration. It's basically Austration.com slash Shiraz or Instagram.com slash Shiraz. However, I manage my website more than these channels. So it's Shiraz.com or Shiraz Talang.com. And it also has the link to my email address and LinkedIn profile. So someone need to read out, they can reach out by email and I'm happy to talk about anything on uh, whatever uh, they need support on. Um, additionally, uh, at Moon Active, so, well, we, we are always hiring. Uh, we are always looking for good people. Definitely there's a career page where we post uh, the pressing job positions, but uh, honestly, we are open for all kinds of profiles depending on uh, whenever someone wants to reach out to us. And we are always looking. So um, our pipeline is also quite uh, expert driven. So we have very much like a film pipeline where we have uh, color key artists and layout artists and um, dedicated character designers and uh, um, that kind of like people. So uh, pretty much open for people even working in the animation industry and films and stuff and definitely in games. So um, yeah, all profiles are open and anyone can reach out to me directly as well. And uh, if they seem fitting to Moon Active, we'll definitely consider And Scopely has multiple studios everywhere and Moon Active is fully remote, correct? Uh, well, we have also an office uh, where people go in Tel Aviv uh, and mm -hmm. also in London. But um, other than that, like there are lots of artists who are working remotely from um, all around the mm -hmm. globe. So if you want to be, if you want to work at Moon Active and live in Bali, that's totally possible. <laughs> you just have to be <laughs> really <Definitely>. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was probably the uh, the best advertisement for Moon Active Arts jobs ever. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, powerful Jack Gilson, powerful Shiraz Talang, connect with these guys. I can personally recommend working with with uh, with both of you guys, and um, it was a pleasure. And we shall talk offline. Everybody who listened, thank you. Hope this was helpful. Actually, I know this was helpful. If you carried through this. Now you know how to hire an art director. You know the pitfalls. You know all of it. And if you don't know, connect with Jack or connect with Shiraz or connect with both. So we're out. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.